Hello and good evening. Welcome back to the Biblical Principles for Health podcast. I am glad that you're here. If you're back and you are returning for more of this spiritual goodness, I just want to welcome you in, uh, welcome you back. And if this is your first time, I, I welcome you. Hello. And I am so glad that you're here. Um, I pray that this podcast will indeed nurture your soul. My name is Pastor Emily, and I am the senior pastor and founder of uh, Redeem Ministries, which is an international ministry. Most of my following um, is in Nigeria, Kenya, and Ghana, um, and uh, we we were growing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. Um, so should you have any questions concerning this podcast or a ministry question of any kind, you feel free to send an email to the church. Um, the email is redeemedministries77 at outlook.com. Um, and please be sure that if you send an email that you're filling out the subject line, um, I tend to just toss, you know, uh, anything that doesn't have the subject line, just toss it in the spam folder. So make sure you do that, okay? Now, because this podcast will eventually be talking about physical health and supplements and whatnot, uh, we're not there yet, but it will. So I always start out with the following disclosure, um, and then I will pray and we'll get into tonight's podcast. So here is the disclosure part. I am not a doctor. I am not a medical professional. I hold no certifications or licenses as far as health or nutrition. Um, this podcast is strictly wisdom from the Bible and my personal experiences. Therefore, you should not rely on any information in this podcast as a substitute or a replacement for seeking medical advice, for receiving any needed diagnoses or care um, that is, uh, you know, necessary for your health and your well-being. You should always consult your doctor or another medical professional with any questions or before making changes to your medications, your supplements, your exercise routines, or any diet changes. You should never disregard, avoid, delay any medical treatment because of something you hear or see on this podcast and the use of any and all information uh, in this podcast is solely at your own risk. Now that that's out of the way, let's open in prayer and get to the nitty gritty, right? I mean, this has been a really deep podcast so far and honestly, it, it surprised me the way that it's been because I didn't expect it to be this. I expected something different, and then as I start writing these, God just blows my mind. So, Heavenly Father, I just thank you and I praise you for this time together. I thank you that you trust me with this podcast to speak to people and, and heal their their hearts and, and, and this opportunity to help them feel your presence and your touch in their spirit. I ask God that you would just watch over, protect us all and heal our bodies, God. Open our ear gates and our eye gates, Father God, so that we can see and hear everything that you need us to. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is a part two. So if you missed last week, you're going to want to watch that, okay? Because I don't want you to miss anything. 
So last week on this podcast, we talked about um, why is that people believe about God and how people become deceived. I gave everyone an exercise at the end of the podcast um, that would help identify some lies that you may be believing. So this week, we will be talking about how to reclaim the truth after identifying a lie, right, in your belief system. So first, we have to realize that the enemy is a master at his craft, okay? He is a master deceiver. So it is honestly, it's it's not surprising um, that he was able to, that he's able to deceive people. It's just not surprising, including God's people. Now, I know some of you of the newbies here are probably like, yeah, right, I'm a Christian. There's no way I can be deceived. Please go back and listen to last week's episode before you make that statement, okay? You're going to want to hear it. So, the Bible says in John eight forty four, he, which is talking about Satan, he was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So you see, even before humans were created, Satan already had ill intentions. He already was prideful. He had already deceived even himself. And he had already had a lying spirit. So he lied, right? And he deceived one third of heaven's angels, as what the Bible says in the book of Genesis, into believing that he and they together could successfully pull off a coup and overtake God and overtake heaven. Then when humanity was created, He used his mastery of lying and deceiving and he intentionally lied to Eve in the garden. He knew um, that if he was successful in deceiving angels that were literally in the very presence of God, experiencing God's holiness and God's goodness and God's majesty, that to deceive a mere human being would be easy. You see, when he deceived the angels, he flat out lied to them, right? And he used a spirit of superiority and pride in order to deceive them. However, when he deceived Eve, he was more deceptive and sneaky. Yes, he lied to her, but he also told her a half-truth. And that half-truth just twisted God's words just a little bit. And that half-truth caused confusion in her spirit. She had never been lied to or even ever met anyone with an ill intention. So she had no reason at all to question his motive. And she also, because she had never been in any situation like that before, where she was being lied to, being deceived, being manipulated, 
She lacked the discernment to realize that he twisted God's words. She didn't even realize that his words had been twisted. So when we look at how easily Eve was deceived, we would be wise to realize that we share that very same humanity and that we are not a special breed of human that is immune to the enemy in his tactics. Instead, uh, we need to realize that in ourselves, in our humanity, we are weak. We are susceptible to believing lies and we are susceptible to walking in the wrong direction um, even when we believe in God. You can be a Christian and be deceived. You can be a Christian and walk in the wrong direction in the wrong path for your life. You can. Being a Christian does not automatically put you in a, a bracket of perfection. Let me tell you. Because if that was the case, honey, I don't know what I am. Because I am surely not there. I have not arrived. So I know for a fact... <laughs> That us humans, whether we are Christian or not, we are susceptible to being deceived. So then once we realize that we have, you know, indeed believed a lie about God, how do we come back into alignment with God, right? And make sure that in the future we are less likely to believe the lies of the enemy because he's not going to stop lying to us, okay? He's been lying from the very beginning of time. That will always be one of his tactics is to lie, deceive, and manipulate. So the very first step after recognizing a faulty belief system is acknowledging that we have been believing the wrong thing. And I know that can be hard, but it's absolutely necessary. We have to acknowledge that we have been believing the wrong thing. And we have to pray and we have to ask God for forgiveness for that. For the, you know, uh, believing that lie. We have to ask the forgiveness. In 1 John 1, nine, it says this, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, God cannot forgive what we refuse to admit and acknowledge. And he can't heal something that we want to believe or enjoy believing or enjoy doing. Which leads to the second step. So the second step is called repentance. Repentance is not explained enough in most churches. For years and years and years as a Christian, I didn't totally understand what repentance was. I just knew it was something that we added to our prayer when we were asking for forgiveness. We just added in and I repent. So when I sinned or I felt like God was disappointed with me about something, my prayer would be something like this, you know, I ask forgiveness of my sins, my transgressions and my iniquities and I repent in Jesus name. Amen. And because I didn't understand the word repent, and it was just a word I, I added out of a religious mindset, I never changed. My situations never changed. And I never grew in my relationship with God. And so repentance is very important. 
The de- definition of repent in Hebrew is this. It means to change one's mind. Okay? It's an action. So the reason my life never changed and the reason that my relationship with God never progressed was because my mindset never changed. My mindset stayed in that area of sin or that area of unbelief or that area of stubbornness. I never changed my mindset. I never made my mind come into alignment with the word of God. I never changed my mind. And so because of that, um, you know, my relationship with God never progressed. And my needs and my, my wants and my desires were never renewed to be in alignment with God. So I kept sinning and doing the same thing over and over and over. It was a repetitive cycle of sin, guilt, prayer, and back to sin and back to praying. Okay, it was repetitive. And I don't know about you, but there are way too many people out there, Christians, doing the same cycle over and over and over and over and over and over because they don't change. They don't change their mind. They don't change their action. They don't stop what they're doing. They continue to do it and just say, I'm sorry, God, all the time. That is not true repentance. True repentance is an action. It is not just a word we use in religiosity or to fulfill what we think that God wants to hear. Repentance will always have the fruit of change. We will change uh, we will change our minds, our beliefs and our actions to be in alignment with God if our repentance and our apology is true. And I'm just going to say this. If you're apologizing to someone and if you're apologizing to God over and over about the same stuff and you never change, your apology is simply a manipulation so that you feel better. You're not actually sorry. So we have to make sure that we are not trying to manipulate God because the Bible says that God will not be mocked. He knows your heart. He knows your intentions. And so if you're simply apologizing to him just because you're scared of hell or you're, you know, you got church the next morning, he knows that. So watch yourself and be careful. Just as in any kind of relationship here on earth, you know, we expect someone who apologizes to us to, you know, change whatever behavior That they did, right? Because if they are apologizing, they know they did something that hurt us, upset us, made us mad, whatever, right? And so we expect that person after their apology, we expect a change in their behavior. We expect not to be talked to like that again. We expect not to be lied to again. We expect not to be cheated on again. You know, whatever, whatever have you that they are apologizing for, we expect a change, right? We're expecting fruit from that apology. And God does too. God does too. Okay? So, I'm going to give you some Bible verses on repentance. Okay? Or on, and um, also, um, where I go usually to easily find scriptures on certain subjects. 
I'm going to tell you where I go. I prefer what is called Open Bible. You can find it on Google. Um, it's like openbible.com or something like that. But I know when you look for a specific topic in that website, um, you would go to openbible.info forward slash topic forward slash and then what topic you're wanting. So in this situation, it would be openbible.info forward slash topics forward slash repentance. Enter and you will get a crap load of scriptures about repentance, okay? Or any subject that you're looking for. But I'm going to give you a couple about repentance because this is really important. And I really wish that someone <laughs> had shook me and been like, yeah, repentance is not just a word. I'm like, wake up. I really wish that had happened. You know, uh, I feel like my life would have changed <laughs> a lot sooner. But it's okay. God God is merciful and he, you know, he, he definitely... He forgives and he he renews the time. You know, I, I'm a lot farther in my spiritual walk than I have ever been before. And so it's uh it's pretty amazing what happens when you truly repent. So Acts 3.19 says, Repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. You see, repentance is not an apology. Repentance is not just a word we use. It's an action. We have to turn back. We have to change our mind. We have to stop doing what we're doing in order for that sin to be blotted out, to be forgiven, to be forgotten. We have to do that. We have to do the follow-up action. We can't just give God lip service. That's just not how it works. So 2 Peter 3 and 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but he is patient towards you, not wishing that any would perish, but that all should reach repentance. You see, he is slow to, to uh, you know, in anger. He's, he's not quick to judge and he's not quick to whip out a punishment at us. And why is that? Because he wants to give us in our humanity and our, you know, lack of understanding on so many different levels. He wants us to, to get to the point where we understand what repentance is. Because if we, he can get us to that point, if he can just be loving and merciful and patient with us, we all eventually understand what repentance means. We do. And so he's waiting for us to get to that point where we understand that repentance is an action and that we have something that we have to do. In the beginning of Christianity, most people, new believers, they really do just do the forgiveness prayer because they are not taught. And so this is why I believe that God has put me here in the position that I'm in because I'm covering some of the bases that get washed over in mega churches. I'm kind of the go-between, you know, I kind of feel like the middleman sometimes, but I, I feel like I'm kind of um, the, the pastor that comes in behind and picks up all the stragglers and is like, okay, this is how this is. This is what really needs to be done. And, you know, it's not that the other churches and the mega churches are preaching wrong. It's not that. 
It's just that there's so much information in Christianity in itself that nobody can possibly preach on all of the subjects. Nobody can possibly preach on, you know, every little thing that people need to understand. And I think that's why God is having me do this podcast because I'm going over these biblical principles that will help you walk this Christian walk with purpose, with righteousness, with honor, and have you coming out a much stronger Christian. And so repentance in in my understanding of things and, and the way God has this wrote out, repentance to him is very, very important because he will not be mocked and he will not be manipulated. And so that's one thing um, that I know I had to teach on. I had to. It had to be a part two from last week because without true repentance, our sins are not blotted out. Okay? Second Chronicles 7.14. This is one of my absolute favorite verses. Okay, so it's Second Chronicles 7 and 14. And it says this, if my people who are called by my name, which is God, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. So even here, God is saying, there's something you have to do. You have to act. He says that you have to pray and seek his face and turn from your wicked ways. You have to stop sinning. We can't just say a a forgive me God prayer and go about our business and do the same thing the next day. That's just not how it works. And too often in Christianity, that's exactly how it plays out. It is. And I did that for 20 years. So I know. The third step right? is to be active in the change. So it's one thing to allow God to change your mind and to soften and change your heart, right? Repentance should always lead us to being renewed and changed, right? But it should also lead to a change in our thought lives. But it's our responsibility to keep that new mindset to keep that new belief system, and to keep that new heart posture. It is our responsibility. So how do we do that? How do we keep our mind renewed? How do we keep our heart pure? You know, uh, how do we make sure that we don't fall victim to another faulty belief system, right? We follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, number one. We have to. We have to be able to hear him and know his voice and follow him without a shadow of a doubt. We have to follow him. We have to be careful of the company we keep because every single person around us has an influence on what we're hearing and what we're seeing. So we have to be very careful with who we are allowing in our presence. You know, this might sound absolutely crazy, but the best way that I keep myself from being exposed or being around too many people, 
I have to think of myself as the Bible thinks of me. I am royalty. I am a daughter of the king. And so therefore, I can't let just any Joe Blow be around me. I can't let just any Joe Blow or, you know, or, or Mary or Karen. I can't just let anyone around me. Why is that? Because I don't want part in their conversation. Most of the time, people are gossiping. People are talking drama. People are lying. I don't want any of that going in my ear gates. So therefore, there's maybe five friends. I have five friends, I think. That's it. And even them, I don't hang out with on a regular basis. You have to be careful. Look, your best friend should be God. The person that you spend the most time with should be God. We have to be very, very careful of the company we keep. That goes for family too, just so you know. That's not just, you know, people at work or your friendship circle. No, honey. This is everybody, family included. So in that too, we also have to be careful what we're listening to and what we're watching. So that means our music, our our TV shows, our movies, anything that is entering a gate, we have to be careful of, literally. Because everything we hear and everything we see challenges the belief system of the spirit. The Bible says that the flesh and the spirit are at constant odds and that the flesh cannot submit to the spirit. So we have to be careful that we are not <laughs> polluting our spirit by watching things that God wouldn't watch or listening to things that God wouldn't listen to. That's the best way I can explain it to you. Praise God. And we earnestly, from the heart, have to work on our relationship with God. The Bible says that you are supposed to work out your salvation. And that's actually uh, Philippians 2, 12 and 13. And it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. It is our responsibility. God has done everything he is going to do. He sent his son and he allowed his son to come here and be murdered by us humans. And Jesus did everything he was commissioned to do, uh, allowing himself to be killed, right? They're done doing stuff. The rest is on us. And we may not want to hear that, but it's true. We have to be active in the relationship we have with God. We can't just be passive religious people who never truly get to know God or allow God to transform us into the people that he created us to be. If if we went through our whole Christian life, right? We go through our life as a Christian without ever having a true relationship with God, without truly understanding God, without truly loving God, loving his people, and allowing his spirit to transform us so that we walk in our purpose, guess what? Then we'd be the same as the Pharisees and the Sadducees that he called snakes. We don't want that, right? We have to be willing to change. Okay. 
1 Corinthians 15.33 says this. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So in other words, like I said in a little bit ago, like I said, who you hang around and what you talk about and what those people are doing in your presence... It will rub off on you. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. What you're hearing and what you're seeing will rub off on your spirit. And when it rubs off on you, it will change you. Suddenly you might find yourself backsliding into a sin that God had already delivered you from. Or you are compromising your belief system to fit in and be accepted. It happens and it happens at the snap of a finger and you don't even see it coming. You you just wake up three months later and you're like, whoa, who's this in my bed? How did this even happen? Yeah, it happens. It does. It truly is our responsibility to guard our hearts and our minds and our belief systems. Absolutely, it's our responsibility. 1 John 2, 15 and 17 says this. Do not love the world or things in the world. If anyone loves the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eye and the pride of life is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. This is just telling you again, your flesh is weak. You have to guard it and you have to tell your flesh what to do. You cannot let the the world dictate your emotions. You can't let the world dictate your actions. You can't let the world dictate your belief systems. You have to bring your flesh into submission. It's just the way it is. 2 Timothy 4, 3-5 says this. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But have itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers or pastors to suit their own passions. And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober minded, endure the suffering, and do the work of an evangelist to fulfill your ministry. You see, what we hear is of utmost importance. We as people have a bad mentality of wanting to only hear things that we agree with or that make us feel good. And when you read the Bible, most generally, if you're truly reading that Bible because you want change and you're trying to understand God, when you read that Bible, you'll actually find out that that Bible is reading you. And that Bible is showing you your flaws and your sin. Which is why people don't want to read it. That's why we prefer to hang out with people who think like us. Who believe what we believe and act like us. 
the problem with that is, is that we limit God's ability to show us truth because we close ourselves off to it. And if we aren't careful what we allow in our ear gates, we will fall for wrong theology, wrong mindsets, incorrect beliefs. And so, you know, God loves us uh, with utmost passion. He wants us to understand him. He doesn't want us, he doesn't want to be a mystery or to be looked at as a harsh God who wants to punish everyone. And unfortunately, the religious mindset, uh, you know, has kind of pushed that agenda where, you know, it's get saved or you're going to hell has people fearing God out of like traumatic fear instead of the wow God type awe type fear right and so they people have this misunderstanding of who God is and has most of humanity looking at God in the wrong light quite frankly so while we're stuck looking at God incorrectly we will never address these wrong beliefs and we will never have a healthy spiritual life or fulfill our calling it's a fact it's a fact if you refuse to look at yourself in the mirror which is the bible and let the bible tell you about yourself you will never see yourself we are a prideful people we are people are just prideful We like to think that we've got it down. We understand God. We're doing good. God's not going to punish us. God's not going to do this. And we can just flake around and do whatever we want as long as every night before we go to bed, we pray and ask God to forgive us. And baby, that is not reality. It's not. And so I just hope and I pray that this series is helping you. And if it is, would you please share And broadcast this podcast to help others to understand God and the biblical principles that will not just get us through our earth experience, but will help us to get through this earth experience with the best relationship we can possibly have with our creator while we're still on earth side. And it is my goal and and my heart posture is to just quite literally fill in the blanks, fill in these questions you may have about what is right, what is wrong, what's your next step. Because I'm telling you, there's so many pastors out there. It's hard to know who to listen to. It's hard to know who's telling you the truth. It really is. And there's so much other stuff going on, especially with these, the, the major, um, you, you know, the major uh, ministries, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, you know, they can't possibly know you individually. They can't possibly individually know your problems. They can't individually answer your questions. They can't individually teach what each person needs to hear. And so I think that's why God has my ministry so small and I kind of like it because I can come in and be like, okay, well, what did your pastor say? And then I can say, okay, well, this, yeah, they meant this or hey, they, they didn't add this part in and I can kind of fill the gap. And so I don't mind doing that. If you have another pastor, but you're finding this series to be interesting and I'm answering questions for you, that's awesome. 
Stay with your pastor. I don't. As long as you're feeling led to your pastor, stay there. If you feel led under this ministry, email me. I'll get you a membership form. But either way, all I want to do is fill in these, these gaps that people have in their understanding of God and in their understanding of Christianity. And of course, their understanding of biblical principles in order to live a healthy life. So I hope this helped you. And until next time, please, please, please have a good day and um, also be very, very blessed. I love you in the Lord so much and I will be back. Bye-bye.